Hi, I'm Justin Boyd. And I'm Brittany Pacheco, and we are the Watchers in the Basement, bringing you a Watchers Extra. Yes, we are. Thanks, Brittany. Um, we are back because our shows, you know, we just finished WandaVision. Our last episode was about the series finale of WandaVision. And there's a week off in between the end of WandaVision and the beginning of the Falcon and Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of an in-between episode, but there's still a lot of stuff to talk about because on the first Friday where we didn't think that we were having any new content, Marvel dropped, uh, Marvel Studios assembled. And the first episode was, of course, about the making of WandaVision. So let's talk a little bit about kind of uh, WandaVision behind the scenes. Now, Brittany, you, you were, yeah, you were able to watch this, this uh, special and what were your overall kind of takeaways from it i was really glad that we got to see the making of wandavision just because of the fact that they took it back old school and by old school obviously the same methodologies of you know filming in front of a live studio audience and it being more of like a theater piece uh, with respect to the 1950s style episode and it really channeling a lot of technique not just with the actors, but with the the showrunners and production designers and things like that, having to use old techniques in order to make things look like they're flying or they're um, levitating, whatever. It was really interesting just to see those challenges and and how you overcome those challenges. And even with the actors, of course, um, they talked about the costumes and the makeup. You know, we saw that visions. Uh, paint if you will instead of the traditional red face that we see Paul Bettany had to be uh painted in blue because in black and white um the red color true red color comes off very very dark but when you have blue it comes off a lot lighter in the black and black and white screen so just those different techniques those different challenges that they had to overcome um even with the more modern um, style of creating that hex and, and the static and, and the noise, if you will. That was just really cool and interesting to, uh, to watch and listen to. Um, I really enjoyed it. I really like seeing the behind the thing, behind the scenes things, because that's where the true magic actually happens. It's, you know, the post-production is, is phenomenal. Of course, the final product is even more phenomenal, obviously, but like the fact that behind the scenes work is, is just a whole other level right there. What did you think? You know, I just I was going to comment on something you mentioned, which I did not know at all. the The point about having to wear like blue lipstick to make it like if you're in black and white, they would like the female characters would wear blue lipstick because it would appear to be more red than like the right. red. Which I like that kind of blew my mind. I didn't know anything about that mm-hmm. or even understand. I, I still don't totally understand why that's the case, but. Uh, that's like color probably graphical design stuff thing that I don't understand um, yeah it just comes off very dark so if I were to you know uh, make myself in black and white right now my lips would look a lot darker than what they appear to right now of course right, they would look right. almost as dark as my black shirt that I'm wearing or you know yeah. my dark hair um, but yeah you have to find different things in order to um, you know trick the camera if you will and, and just make it work so it like I said seeing anything behind the scenes is just a really, really cool featurette because there's so much that goes into making a television series, let alone a movie. And the fact that these people obviously really got into it 
because the day that they were you know, filming in front of the live studio audience, even the crew was dressed up in that era of the 1950s. And so the fact that they obviously took pride in what it was that they were doing, you know, they worked hard for it and the, it shows, it shows in, in what it is that they delivered. It was really cool. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. I, I like how, how quickly they put the making of out, you know, like it was literally a week after the finale and, you know, as you can see, you know, they obviously were filming this making of show while they were filming the show. And that kind of leads off one of the first things I want to talk about is how Elizabeth Olsen has a great quote, like literally like about a minute and a half into this, this uh, show, this making of WandaVision. She has a great prediction that totally came true about how fans would perceive WandaVision. And she says, I just think it's going to be so shocking and confusing and exciting for our fans to dissect what we're doing what we're doing and why, and for them to try and get steps ahead of us. That's just very cool and very satisfying. <laughs> and like in that, she totally like nailed like the fact that people were going to theorize and, you know, try to Set solve themselves this up for disappointment. <laughs> right. Ultimately yeah. setting ourselves up for disappointment. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think though, like, I think we talked about this a little bit last week, you know, I think, the second time I watched the episode, I enjoyed the finale more because I knew that there weren't going to be any kind of crazy, you know, oh, Dr. Strange is going to be there. Or, oh, John Krasinski's uh, Mr. Fantastic, <laughs> who I, we don't even know if he's really been cast for that yet officially. Right. You know, all these like crazy theories, people are Mephisto or whatever. None of that stuff came true. Mm-hmm. And I think when I watched it the second time, I mean, a lot of that stuff I didn't think was going to happen anyway, but when you watch it the second time, I really just kind of was able to focus on the story and the characters. And that's the thing is like this week, uh, a lot of the people who are part of WandaVision, the showrunners and the writers and directors, they've been on podcasts or been interviewed by newspapers or websites. And they've all kind of had the same thing where they've said, look like, you know, we never planned for a lot of this stuff to happen that people were theorizing. (laughs) <laughs> you know, we were solely focused on Wanda Maximoff and her grief and her story and, you know, with Vision and the characters that were kind of, you know, in the Avengers movies, they're side, you know, they're side characters, you know, they're not, right. you know, they're complementary uh, characters. And so yeah. this was the chance to kind of have the spotlight uh, shine on those characters. And so they, uh they said they were always true to that. And they never, you know, didn't really consider that, you know, like, for example, Mephisto um, being the bad guy, which Mephisto is, you know, the devil of the Marvel universe. Right. The the showrunner slash writer, Jack Schaefer, she said in an interview that, you know, up until a year ago, she'd never even heard of Mephisto. So clearly, like, Mephisto was not in the cards as far as a plan. So. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, Elizabeth Olsen was so right in her assessment of the show before it even came out. So, yeah, absolutely. And I think even so to call back to Nathan uh, from our last episode that he summed it up this way, that it was a love story disguised as like a superhero type TV show, if you will, because that, that truly is the main focus of WandaVision, those two characters what could have been in a way, you know, it's a little bit more fantasized. It's a little bit more romanticized in, in a way. Um, but the fact that the, that's all that this show was 
solely to be about was Wanda and, and, and Vision, but mainly Wanda because she obviously is going to have a bigger role in the MCU, uh, especially with Doctor Strange uh, sequel coming out next year. Um, there's still obviously questions about what happened with the White Vision and um, some of their questions obviously that we didn't get answers to in this series, hopefully we'll get answers to in the upcoming movies. I'm not really anticipating much when it comes to these other uh, television series that are coming out like with Falcon, because I'm sure they're going to have their own, you know, questions that are going to be left unanswered until the next film and so on and so on. But with WandaVision and, and the Assembled, I love how their capital, <laughs> Marvel is just being so smart and capitalizing on their products because of the fact that people are so invested Clearly the world was invested with our theories and our different, you know, just takes on what the show is going to be like. And the fact that, you know, we, we crave for more. So the behind the scenes thing for WandaVision was, was fantastic. I'm sure we're going to get one for Falcon and Winter Soldier. And then when it comes to these other shows um, that will be coming out on Disney plus within, you know, years to come, I mean, they're just so smart. They're so Marvel is so smart to, you know, make a show of a show. Like that's just, that's just brilliant in my opinion. Yeah. And you know, and Disney plus, obviously they've done this with, the, with the Mandalorian. They, I think they actually have two seasons of that show, but it's more of a, I mean, I think it's four or five episodes per season about the Mandalorian. Mm -hmm. um, I haven't had a chance to watch. I, I don't know that I really have interest in watching that, but I did hear that um, the second season of that show doesn't even talk about the Luke Skywalker thing, which to me, it's like, <sighs> if you don't talk about that, then, there's no point in me watching. So <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I did I did catch one episode because we're talking about the Mandalorian very briefly. Mm -hmm. Um dealing with the music for the Mandalorian, like the 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 signature uh, musical piece when it's the Mando, you know, walking in his music and that kind of thing, the different instruments used to create his theme. And and that was because I'm so I love music, of course like most people, but that was really interesting to see, I think just in that respect. Um, but I too haven't watched the Mandalorian behind the scenes as of yet. Um, I'm a little disappointed about the whole Luke Skywalker thing because they had to keep that for, you know, a secret for over a year. Yeah, and the fact like the, that I, no one, no one got that info ahead of time to spoil right. it was fantastic. <laughs> yeah. So apparently they don't talk about it or even explain how they did it. I mean, which I, you know, some of that, whatever you know like the yeah. you don't want to give out the recipe for the secret sauce i understand that but sure to not address it it's kind of strange because it was the coolest things happened in star wars in my opinion exactly in 30 30 plus years so. and the fact that you actually get mark hamill to reprise his role you know as a young luke skywalker like yeah, getting his I, take on that being approached to hey this is what we want to do we want to bring you back in this sense like come on that's fucking amazing <laughs> yeah it seems like a missed Missed opportunity. Definitely. Um, but back to the WandaVision thing. Uh, what did you what did you think about um so they interviewed a lot of the the characters and actors who appeared in, in the series, and they even talked to Evan Peters, which I thought was pretty interesting. <laughs> but I did yeah, I also think it was kind of noteworthy how he never he never just he never mentioned i mean he, he's he's briefly interviewed from what mm -hmm. they show us in the, in the special he doesn't mention and no one ever says hey like i played this character 
in a different universe. Like <laughs> it was so strange that they didn't like mention that. And so that has me thinking one of two things, mm-hmm. either they're just not going to bring that stuff up because they're going to introduce their characters, how they want to do introduce them and create their own X-Men and their own universe and whatever. Yeah. Or two, they don't want to talk about that because the, they want it to be a surprise down the road, which did you think that, or do you have those kind of thoughts? I hadn't really considered that up until you mentioned all that right now. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if either one of the two were to happen, if Marvel would just like kind of just, you know, start fresh now that they've acquired the, the X-Men rights. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they kind of revive it and, you know, recast and, and redo some of these movies. Um, I know there's been talk about Zach Efron maybe being the new Wolverine, which I have a lot of mixed feelings about. Um, it's, I just, I don't, I don't know about that, but with, with uh, Evan Peters, not either they just didn't address it in the interview or they cut it out or, you know, whatever, you don't know how like these things work. Um, who knows with Marvel at this point now, I don't want to try to predict what it is that Marvel's going to do because obviously yeah. with, with WandaVision, you know, we all thought a certain, certain series of events may happen and then it didn't happen. So it's like, I'm just not going to try to guess anymore. <laughs> I don't want to be disappointed yeah. again. <laughs> well, in the same, the same respect, like, you know, I mentioned that they interviewed pretty much every main character, you know, the actor that played the character in the series, except for the Hayward character. I know. Which, which I, I kind of wonder, like, is it be- just because he's just a generic random bad guy or is it because they have bigger plans for him? I, I think it's probably more A than it is B, but uh, yeah, I, that, that I, was kind of strange because he was such a big part of the show to not even talk to the actor, you know, have him say something like, oh, I'm thrilled to be a part of this universe. And I'm, you know, right. Talking about, his, you know, just to discuss his character. That was kind of strange, I thought. Well, I can kind of see why they didn't interview him because then at the same time, there might have been a need to like interview all the other kind of minor characters in a way, although he wasn't a minor character. I mean, he was kind of yeah. perceived to be like the villain, but the bigger, the big, bigger villain obviously was Agatha. But um, yeah, he kind of, I mean, he was acknowledged um, through, um, God, I'm spacing on her actual name, but Monica Rambo's. Um, uh, T- Tiana Paris is Tiana actress. thank you yeah. she uh she did mention about how Hayward was you know set up to be you know the bad guy he had his own agenda you know everyone had their own agenda if you will and that's pretty much like all he got like there there wasn't a whole lot of acknowledgement towards yeah. towards his character and I'm just I'm still really disappointed that my whole theory about him did not play out but again we don't know what Marvel may have in store for him in the future um you know it doesn't doesn't look good doesn't seem like he's yeah. gonna be anything more than what he was yeah um, it's just it's just anticlimactic to me yeah. i don't know <laughs> it's it's strange that they didn't interview him because like the, you know you can say well they maybe they didn't have time but this special was longer than any single episode of the, mm-hmm. the series so it's like 57 minutes which was you know what right. 10 10 minutes longer than any episode yeah um, talking about some of the other characters that were discussed um in, in addition to in addition to you know this show i also heard a, an interview with a director matt shackman um mm-hmm. he was on the phase zero podcast it's a podcast i listen to every week it's pretty good stuff for the mcu 
Um, and he confirmed, he was asked the question about at the very end where, you know, Wanda, you know, turns Agatha back into Agnes. And it's mm -hmm. like, but then, but then the hex obviously ends. So mm -hmm. what does that mean for, for Agatha? And he confirmed that Agatha is in fact trapped in the Agnes character and she's just living in Westview until I guess Wanda has, you know, a reason to come get her or come. So she still has her powers. Presumably. You know, I, I, I would think so. I mm -hmm. just would think that maybe she doesn't have the power to use them because she doesn't have free will, you know, mm -hmm. because I, because she's trapped in this spell. Yeah. She's trapped in this character. So that's what, you know, that was kind of confirmed. And then I saw mm -hmm. an interview with Jack Schaefer on devline.com and she kind of said the same thing. So that's what they're, they're going with. Cause we, that was one of our questions last week was about it like, was. you know, hex was no more. So does, does that mean that Agatha is no longer Agnes, you know? So, but mm -hmm. apparently she is. So yeah, that was, I mean, uh, it, it does make sense. I mean, I'm glad that he came out there and clarified that, that one question, at least that we had had, um, it, I, I guess the fact that Agatha's powers can't be matched with that of the Scarlet Witch. So that, that would make a lot of sense. Um, I'm pretty sure this will not be the last time we see Agatha again. I'm, I'm pretty positive. Um, but then at the same time, I don't want to set myself up for disappointment. So yeah, I, yeah. I think that she was such a huge character and just the percept, the fan reception to her, mm -hmm. she'll be back in something. It's, and you know, I, I like I said, I've heard from different podcasts and stuff in the comics. Like, she's not really totally a bad guy. Mm -hmm. She's kind of an ally for Wanda in a lot of cases. Right. So, I right. think that when she does come back, we'll probably see her more as an ally. It's almost kind of like how how Loki. You know, in the first time we meet him in Avengers, he's the he's the main bad guy, or you know, right. he's a lieutenant of Thanos, basically. Yeah. Um, and then you know several movies you know as he moves on he's you know he's kind of helping Thor kind of not like he's always kind of has his self-interest in, in place but then he's he's you know, straddling between right right he's on know, the fence between yeah. good and evil mm -hmm. you know leaning more evil for sure but he doesn't he's not total full-on no. bad guy so I think we're I think gonna see that from her yeah and that's, that's a good parallel to make because I think with Loki especially in Ragnarok you know you really did see you know he was still up to his you know right no good deeds with obviously being odin and then you know helping thor ultimately uh rescue all of asgard and what have you um but yeah with agatha i i hope this isn't the last time we see her because i think catherine Hahn just really did a really great job being agnes um slash agatha and while on this topic going back to assembled to see the different takes that um, these actors uh, do for specific scenes, right? Um, right? We saw plenty of the actors in, on the wires to, you know, simulate them flying and what have you. And so seeing uh, Catherine Hahn do a take of her line revealing Wanda's true identity, um, talking about, you know, you, you, it was a little bit more forceful than what the actual final cut ended up being, um, where it was just a little bit more explanatory. So the line of, you know, you're supposed to be a myth, you know, and in, in, in assembled, sorry, 
Catherine's like really doing like you're supposed to be a myth. It's just really interesting to yeah. see the different ways that a line can be delivered and, and how that ultimately changes the environment, I guess, in a way. Um, because seeing that take versus what we finally saw as the end product, I was like, oh, I'm glad they went with this because it wasn't so like psychotic in a right. way, in my opinion. Well, and to, to follow up on that point, they show another um, scene from Catherine Hahn where she's, she's doing the Agatha all along at the very end of it. And, yeah. you know, I, and she says, you know, I, and I spilled, I killed Sparky too. Yeah. Well then like she walks away and she's like, just, you know, cackling. over the top, you know, bad guy cackling. Then she tosses the dead dog, which they didn't oh show in the show. But yes. <laughs> that would have been an awesome addition to the show. So yeah, you, you get to see the, like what was left on the cutting room floor and the different mm -hmm. takes. And I thought that was really interesting. Um, Cause even like you said, even the scenes that we did that were the same as what we saw in the show, mm -hmm. we didn't, we didn't get the same inflection in their voice in the same takes. Right. Cause even the part where she's like, she says, you know, you're using these powers to create breakfast for dinner. That I mean, was she, not. Yeah. She yeah, yelled that out. Right. That was crazy. That was, yeah, that was not the line reading that we got in the actual episode, which I, I agree with you I, on both counts. Like they picked the right version. Mm -hmm. but, uh, uh, it was fun to watch that. It really was. Yeah. Um, and even like the, the dress rehearsals, if you will, for yeah. the, the very first, the pilot episode of, of WandaVision, um, seeing them use the Dick Van Dyke set, um, which I love that Matt, you know, the director of the show talked about having lunch with Dick Van Dyke and using him as a consultant, what have you, but you actually visually see, okay, this section over here is the office. This section right here is the living room, which immediately leads into the kitchen. And so yeah. just seeing how massive like these sets have to be uh, in order to film in, from, in front of that live studio audience is just really cool to see. And the fact that, you know, they kept with the theme, the era, down to the audience chairs, you know, to make it really authentic. The audience appeared to be dressed in, in a timely type manner as well. Oh, yeah. And I, I really love the effort to make it as authentic as possible. Um, and, you know, of course the actors, a lot of them do a lot of method acting. So like Lizzie, you could even hear her in her interviews dressed as the 1950s wanted, the voice inflection, the over the top kind of, enthusiasm and whatever she was saying it's like they they keep in character which i think is really great to see in the behind the scenes featurettes of of these shows um and one of the things that was funny in that interview they were talking about their costumes talking about having better posture and having a waistline and vision apparently needed a fake butt <laughs> yeah that was the most bizarre part of the whole thing because i'm like why does he need a fake butt like his his butt is not a point of emphasis for anything honestly like it's you know if jennifer lopez was a superhero i'd understand that you would have to have like you'd have to have a butt that represented her but like i don't understand like vision of all characters you know i don't know either i just know obviously with the costumes which again you know great attention to detail um deborah joe um who played Mrs. Hart really expressed her love of wearing the 1950s styled costumes because it gave her, you know, a waist. She said, 
the undergarments weren't that great to wear, but you know, it, it was very flattering, which I agree, right. you know, as a female, I, I do very much like that, that style of clothing. Um, but with the notion of vision needing to have like a, butt, like a butt, <laughs> because I yeah. guess the style of the slacks that he was wearing there, they seemed a little bit more high-waisted and very mm-hmm. slim trim, what have you, I guess Paul Bettany just doesn't have a whole lot in his caboose and he needed a little assistance, but I, I thought that was just really interesting how the, the lengths that they had to go. And I'm curious, you know, was that a thing for the actors back in that day? You know, they needed to wear, you know, either like a girdle or, or a, you know, butt lifts, if you will, you know, he, Paul Bettany even said that in his shoes, he had lifts right. um, in his shoes. And that was something that I know for a fact that actors such as Bing Crosby, had to wear um, during his time because Bing Crosby was a little bit on the shorter side, but it, I mean, they, they being the crew did a fantastic job again, to make this authentic. And I really appreciate the effort that went behind that. Yeah. And like you said, they they really go into that as far as like, you know, from the fifties all the way up to current day and the different set changes and the costume design and stuff. It's, it's a really interesting look at that show. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, seeing, I, sorry, ahead. one thing, seeing like the, the freeze, like the freeze framing when Wanda is using her magic, um, to change out of her Sokovian dress, you know, the, the very, right. very seductive looking dress. And she's like, Oh, I need to change. And she snaps and then pauses long enough for the cut to end. And then it's like, and then I change, like, you know, she's, right. she's playing up to the audience. And, and I think that was great. Also her with the magic of, of cooking, you know, the dinner and you right. see like the uncooked chicken and then, you know, freeze. And then someone comes in and changes the, the, the prop and then, you know, unfreeze. And, you know, they just have to really, you know, work on their craft and their timing and, mm-hmm. It's, it's so fun to watch because I think Lizzie Olsen had said it. It's, it's basically theater, you know, at this point, what they were doing is theater. And she talked about her training at NYU where it's like, you know, why do I need to learn all this other stuff? I'm never going to, you know, use this in my career. And then lo and behold, she actually used a lot of that training in, right. in, in WandaVision. The, in the biggest role of her career. Yeah. Or exactly. the biggest pro- project. Yeah, Exactly. Um, one of my favorite parts of the show was whenever they talked with the, the songwriters, the people who, I guess, produced the music from the different, yep. you know, episodes and the different uh, time periods. Um, what, what did you think about that part of the show? So I, I really loved that. I didn't realize that it was um, Kristen Anderson Lopez and her husband, um, Robert. They are songwriters from Frozen and they actually won, I believe, um, an Oscar was it? Was it an Oscar? They won a, a major award, okay, for for their work in Frozen. And I remember their their speech, their acceptance speech, and it was just so cute because as songwriters, they 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 wrote their little parts, and and it was one person's turn, and then it went to the other person, back and forth. It it was just so charming. And so the fact that these two were brought in to write the different theme songs for you know Wandavision, you know episodes was just so fitting and the very fact that that Robert had talked about you know we had to start with just like a few notes and that was going to be the the tone for all of the theme songs and so 
he, you know, Robert played it and, and his wife was just like, that's it. Okay. Now we have the rest to figure out the 50s, 60s, 70s, and so on. But the fact that they use those few chords or a few notes as the basis for everything. And you do hear the modifications throughout the eras. Like, it's brilliant. Like, I don't have that mindset to do that kind of work. So to to see the inner workings of what songwriters do and, you know, composers and and musicians will do with music is just really, really cool to see. Yeah, I agree. The the one thing that they didn't talk about or the one song they didn't really go in depth on was the the office style theme, which I was... You know, probably my favorite just because, you know, obviously the office is one of my favorite shows. But they, you know, I did like how the the very end of the show, the credits were to the office song. It was for sure. That was a, I'm glad they included it because that would have been a pretty big omission in my mind. (laughs) Yeah. Um, We can't have that. We can't disrespect the office like that. Come on. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. Um, Was there anything from this special that, uh, that you wanted to highlight or point out? I think overall it was done very well. I, I did, and I, it never occurred to me about the the production design for like the military base um, outside of the hex. It didn't occur to me just how much thought has to go into setting that up. I mean, uh, these professionals, because that's you know what they are. They do their research. They do their homework. They go and reference you know different military type bases and and try to you know, incorporate and, and take from here and take from there, but then they still have to put like a Marvel spin on it to make it kind of be its own standalone base, which I thought was really, really awesome to, to learn about, um, and how quickly they would have to do these set changes. You know, they, they film, film for two days and then they'd have two days to, to set it up for something else and Mm -hmm. and literally had like maybe 12 hours to you know repaint and you know do these things i mean these people have to work quickly and and they worked during the quarantine obviously because you did see people wear masks and and you know continue with their with their work but it again i can't stress this enough the crew cast everyone involved in this show really put their heart into it they put so much effort into making the show not only flow well um but aesthetically look you know legit and yeah. it's such a well-done show I, I i have a bigger appreciation for wandavision now after watching assembled yeah i totally totally agree with you it was um you know wandavision was such a unique and cool show and I gotta say, I I already missed it a lot. I, I I really, I really enjoyed it. It was like it was a good like weekly thing to to watch. Um, well, now I you can binge watch it. Yeah, it's true. You can you can knock it all out in one day if you wanted to. <laughs> yeah. um, the last things I'll mention about Wandavision was like I said earlier. This week was kind of a big like, you know, post mortem or whatever post uh, post game kind of talk about the show. And so, you know, the writers and producers and directors were on all kind of platforms. And mm-hmm. and I did want to point out that this was actually um, Matt Shackman, the director. He said this several times on different shows and stuff. He mentioned that, you know, we had questions about the rabbit, you know, Senor Scratchy. And the rabbit was actually a demon. And they did film a scene where the rabbit transforms into a demon. Mm-hmm. And the kids have to kind of, you know, 
get away from it in the basement. But ultimately they decided that, you know, that didn't really fit the episode tone. So yeah, I thought that was really kind of, that was, I thought that was kind of crazy because like, you know, to make that big of a thing with, you know, to take a rabbit that's in a lot of the episodes mm-hmm. and do a, you know, like a, like a, what's the uh, werewolf in London kind of transformation into yeah. a, you know, demon. A demon. Mm-hmm. And then, um, uh, not show that i was like yeah that's kind of an odd choice but uh something else we learned is that or that i learned from reading various things and checking out other podcasts was that they originally had planned to do 10 episodes ah and yeah and that you know the show wasn't even done when they started airing it the finale wasn't done so really yeah so they were working up until recently so yeah it was a quick turnaround there, there were a lot of things that you know they had to change and stuff so listen uh, the people in front of the camera they do a phenomenal job at, at their craft but it really the heroes are the people who work behind the scenes to give us the end product because damn <laughs> that, that's true on most shows but not on this show because on this show with the same people who are in front of the camera are also behind the behind the camera so um so i guess that kind of wraps up our talk on wandavision like i said it was a great show and you know will there be more of it i don't know i don't there's no plan for it now and everyone said that so so we'll see down the road but uh let's move on to the next show obviously the next show is the falcon and the winter soldier so excited yep it's premiering march 19th which is upcoming friday Mm mm-hmm uh, so excited here's, here's what we know about the show and there, there's not a lot i mean there's probably some like plot stuff that's out there but i don't want to get into that kind of stuff i don't like to be spoiled so i will say that this is the information that i do know it's going to be six episodes and it looks like the runtime for each episode is about 50 minutes so basically we're getting like six one hour episodes you know with the credits and everything okay uh, Okay. Yeah, so that sounds good. And then I don't know if you had a chance to watch this today, Brittany, but I noticed that Disney Plus added, uh, they have these legends, uh, this legends series where they give you basically, it's like a highlight video for each character. And for WandaVision, it was only, they only had a highlight video of Wanda and Vision. Mm-hmm. But for the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, of course they have the Falcon and Winter Soldier because they're the, the title characters. Yes. But they recently added little vignettes for both Zemo and Sharon Carter. So, so go ahead. So I haven't checked that out yet because um, at time of recording, um, that was just brought to my attention shortly before we started recording this episode. Uh, I'm going to have to go check it out because what I really liked about the legends of these vignettes, I mean, they're very short, very brief. I mean, they, they kind of, they sum up these these characters really really well and obviously pull from different you know movies of course at this at this time but the fact that if you aren't well versed in certain characters this is like a really good way to just kind of get that that bit of information that maybe you're lacking um obviously it seems right now that we're focusing on these um MCU original television series with you know characters such as Wanda Vision uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, um, but I'm gonna definitely check out the Baron Zemo and uh, Sharon Carter because it, I mean they're 
obviously being brought back into um, into our our lives, if you will, through the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And that's going to be really interesting. I'm hoping because I don't know entirely for sure. I'm hoping they still have Daniel Brule as uh, Baron Zemo because I think he's. Oh just, yeah, he uh, absolutely is. He oh, is. Thank God, yeah. he's fantastic. I think he's a fantastic actor. Mm-hmm. He just did so well in in um, Civil War. But more than anything, I I just can't wait to see the banter between you know Sam and and Bucky because mm-hmm. they're just fantastic together. Yeah, there's no casting issues from what I mean. There are casting changes. Everyone's it's the same people that are back. The one thing I wanted to say about the 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 addition of Zemo and uh, Sharon Carter is that by giving them that Legends treatment, it it to me it pro- it shows that those characters are going to be major characters in the show. So, yeah, I'd agree. So that's uh that's worth knowing. And and by the way, both those episodes are like four or five minutes long, so it doesn't take long. They're just quick highlight videos. They're yeah. actually a little bit shorter than the Falcon and the Winter Soldier of those videos. So, yeah. Um, anyway, we're excited. That show's coming up next, March nineteenth. So we will be talking about that in our next episode. And to everyone yeah. who's tuning in right now, whether it's through you know YouTube or uh, Spotify, be sure to go and check out our social media pages where I dropped um, the latest graphic for the watchers in the basement in the style of the Falcon and the winter soldier logo. I'm really proud of that graphic. We have got to get merch. I mean, let's just be real. We need to get merch because that logo just looks damn cool. <laughs> Not to, yeah. to my own horn, but beep beep. Right. Yeah, you, you should. Cause that, 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 I mean, I think all of our graphics are really cool, but that one especially is it's my favorite one. Yeah. Um, I would love to see that logo on a shirt because that's a shirt I would Me wear too. a lot. So yeah, Me it's very good too. stuff by you. So thank you. Thank you. Appreciate thank it. You. Thank you. <laughs> so moving on, let's talk about something that just happened. Uh, uh, I guess it happened today. That was official. I think it was last night. Okay. I started so, doing a little bit of research. It was last night. <laughs> okay. So Avengers Endgame is no longer the highest grossing movie of all time. It's uh, been unseated by the previous uh, number one highest grossing movie of all time, Avatar. And you might say, well, how is that possible? Well, Avatar was re-released over the weekend in China. It grossed an additional 12.3 million. And so it now has, as a past end game, it's now at 2.802 billion. So- um, grief. <laughs> a lot of money, a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, Brittany, Can I borrow s- $5? Right. I- I've never seen Avatar. Have you seen Avatar? Is it is it a good movie? What's your take on it? So I have seen Avatar. Um, my recollection of it is not going to be that great because the one and only time I did watch the movie in its entirety, I was- recovering from a deviated deviated septum surgery a little high on pain pills so my judgment on the movie is probably not going to be the best um but from what i do remember visually it's cool i mean it's it's this whole other world um you have you know humans basically just like embodying these different creatures you know within um the avatar world and see i can't even like explain it that well because i don't remember like the names of of 
the land or the people, the blue, the blue things, the tall blue things. Um, yeah. So it's I think they're, to... they're called Smurfs, I believe. <laughs> they're tall, Justin. They're not okay. short. Fair. Goodness. Good, good, good clarification. Good job. Okay. <laughs> no, but like um, from what I remember visually, it was very captivating. Story-wise, it was, you know, far-fetched, like most movies, of course. Um, but I know that for the longest, you know, it was regarded as like James James Cameron's like best, you know, best thing ever aside from Titanic. Um, and then well, he also did Terminator. He did the Terminator. No one cares about Terminator. <laughs> Just kidding. Terminator Two is like one one of the best movies ever. It's still it's still really good. Terminator Two is like yeah yeah. That's going to be a different, that's going to be a different uh, pod series from us. Cause I know you're on this whole Terminator Skynet kick um, that will come into fruition one day, probably by your hand. I'm working but on anyway. it. Working <laughs> on it. Yep. But anyway, uh, with Avatar, yeah, I know. Um, like I said, my experience watching it, I, I don't, I, I'm having a very difficult time remembering all of it. Uh, will I go watch it again? I don't know because I do remember it being a considerably long movie and I don't know. I, well, I mean, you can't really say that because the Snyder cut's going to be four hours and you're going to watch every minute of that. Listen, so. I I've watched all the extended editions of Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit multiple times. I will not watch the Snyder cut. I'm sorry. I just won't like, it's not my jam. Sorry. Sorry. Okay, fine. Um, no, you know, the thing that is interesting to me about Avatar is, um, I, like I said, I've never seen it, but everyone I've talked to has, who has seen it, no one like says it's their favorite movie. Like no one yeah. seems to, like, everyone's like, yeah, it's, it was a movie. It was fine. But no one was like loving it. Like mm-hmm. to me, that's why it's, it's so surprising that it's the highest grossing movie of all time, because I mean, like there's not. I don't think you have fanatical people who are avatar fans like star Wars fans or superhero fans, you know, Marvel or be it Batman or Superman Lord or, of the Rings. Even. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like I, I just don't, I, it's like I said, people say they've seen it. They're like, yeah, it was fine. It was good, whatever. But it's not like, Oh, like most people like loved Endgame. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I, yeah, like I, I thought it was awesome. It's, it's such Hell, a great, we all cried. I mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> I saw it three times in the theaters. It was, I mean, you know, it's yeah. a three hour plus movie. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah I, I, I will agree with that statement about having watched Avatar. It's like not going to be, it's not going to break my top 10 for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even know what my top 10 is, but I know for sure Avatar is not going to be in the top 10. Right. It's one of those things I feel like in order to feel like you can comment on it, you obviously need to have watched the movie in order to just weigh in um but it's not like a make or break like oh you're not cool because you haven't watched avatar like no my life has gone on like i'm good you know i think my life would be the same had i not watched it like it's i'm not knocking the movie itself it's just it's it's not my jam like it's yeah i'm not gonna go back and rewatch it like i do harry potter or or other you know franchises like i'm just not and you know you don't have to go to the theater and watch it i mean i'm not even sure if theaters here are open right now but um because it's on disney plus it's been on disney plus for a while so you can watch it there so so my question is why 
was it finally released in China? I mean, I know there's always like restrictions with certain movies and things like oh, that, but was, why, why now? It was released there before. It's just, they, okay. they, they're trying to reopen their theaters. And so they're putting Got like it. big movies, you know, kind of like what happened here probably like what six months ago or so when like with black panther black panther was in the theaters i think yeah i think i think like empire strikes back was and they were that trying to just get people to come sense. back yeah okay so that's what happened. they, they re-released it you know the thing that, so then can also, it really count no it does count yeah because it's it's still hmm. the same film yeah i mean technically in game was released twice because in game mm-hmm. came out and then they, yeah. they took it out of theaters for like a week because they released like an extended edition which was like you know, five extra minutes, which I went, actually, I went and saw that. Um, I remember. I remember and they had did. like a giveaway poster that was really cool. They had the, mm-hmm. the infinity gauntlet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, who knows, maybe Avengers Endgame, you know, the 10th anniversary or the 20th anniversary will be released again. And yeah, you know, hell by then maybe, you know, there'll be a slew of movies that will have passed all these movies. I don't, I don't think so because of, yeah. The theater situation given the pandemic but uh god forbid dc you know <clears throat> sorry i couldn't even finish that s- sentence well I don't, I don't think it'll be a <laughs> dc movie i think it'll be marvel movies or yeah something else um but the last thing i'll say about avatar and this is what's interesting about it to me is the fact that avatar apparently has four planned sequels mm-hmm. and they've been in in production for i mean a decade a or long more. time yeah and it's like when are these are they are they just gonna like come out like like lord of the rings did where it was like every christmas time you know they were like for three consecutive years you had three consecutive you know well, lord of the rings movies or that would require all of the remaining movies to be filmed simultaneously as lord of the rings was yeah. done lord of the they rings might be yeah all three films were were you know filmed at the same time for a span of 10 years right. and um that was the only way they were able to release it the, the way that they were um so i don't know i mean things stay in in pre-production for a long time and then some things just you know never come into fruition but i will say the last thing i will say in regards to avatar and endgame zoe saldana is banking because the fact that she not only is in the marvel cinematic universe as uh, gamora mm-hmm. you know she obviously was an endgame but she also was a lead in avatar and both are owned by disney they're going to be making bank obviously disney is banking i don't think she's making any more money than she but hey she's in two big you know films not only that but star trek and then she also if you want to keep on track with disney she was in the first um pirates of the caribbean as anna maria she slaps the mess out of johnny depp which i would love to do one day um but anyway um so yeah you know she's you know probably unintentionally just you know making bank (laughs) probably intentional i mean she is an actress so that's cool that's fine that's fine exactly (laughs) okay so from from there let's talk about let's talk about batman and i want to bring this up because uh the the batman the robert pattinson movie which will come out next year they recently wrapped up filming so that's exciting yeah because you know it was obviously impacted by the pandemic which i mean everything has been Um, if batman ends up glittering i'm gonna shit my pants (laughs) well don't do that but uh 
there's got to be a bathroom in that behind you somewhere down one of those hallways or something. Now, yeah. um, the you know the Batman it wrapped up and that's cool and I, I'm looking forward to it. The trailer dropped over the summer. I thought it was really good. Um, but I am vengeance, right? <laughs> but instead of talking about that Batman, I wanted to bring up a Batman movie that I saw just the last couple of days. You know, the last few days. It is a Batman fan film, and it's it's produced. The company is Bat in the Sun. The film is called Dying is Easy. And it's about a 25 minute video. It's on YouTube. I mean, Bat in the Sun has millions of followers. So it's, they've been around for a while. But the reason why I wanted to highlight this is because the bat, the, the guy in the Batman costume, his name, the actor is Kevin Porter. It's the best, like, in costume looking Batman I've ever seen. Like, yeah. He looks like the Batman from the Arkham Asylum video games, but like in real mm. life. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's um it's pretty impressive i would urge anyone interested in batman or just want to see a cool costume to check out bat in the sun because they have a lot of cool stuff not just batman they have all kinds of videos they have a video where where batman is fighting darth vader they've got you know spider-man deadpool and all kinds of stuff and wolverine versus uh you know the winter soldier i mean they've got all kinds of cool stuff but uh yeah, I that costume is amazing. What, what did you think about that, Brittany? So, um, once again, you open, you know, my eyes to new things. Um, so I, I didn't hear about this up until you know right before we started recording um, this pod, and so I did check it out for just a few minutes. The opening was really cool, really solid. Um, visuals look great. Um, the the mood of it seemed very appropriate for like a Batman movie. Um, but yes, the Batman costume looked legit. Like, like it could have been a Christopher Nolan type of, you know, production with just how that costume looked, I think. Um, it, it was cool. I'm, I'm going to go back and check it out for, you know, the rest of it. Cause it's only like a 20, what did you say? 20, 25 minute yeah, I think it's 25 video. minutes. Yeah. yeah, so like that's nothing compared to a Snyder Cut that's going to be four and a half hours long that, you know, I nope. can't get back. It's going to be a only four hours and two minutes, okay? So not four and a half hours. Like you're you're inflating it too much, okay? So that was a good transition. Am I though? <laughs> yeah, so let's talk about the Snyder Cut. This is our last topic for the week. The Snyder Cut, of course, famously will drop on... March 18th, a day before the Falcon Winter Soldier. Um, as we've said numerous times, it's going to be four hours and two minutes. Um, but the movie, the movie actually leaked on HBO Max a few days ago. And if if you were tuning into Tom and Jerry, the new uh, animated slash live action film, you got to see about two hours of the, the Snyder Cut before that. That was before uh, the HBO Max people realized the mistake and took it down. Was it a mistake though? Let's, 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 okay. Let's bring it back a little bit. Let's bring it back a little bit. Okay. Because when Game of Thrones was on and like the new season was underway, like episodes would be leaked, you know, ahead of time. Right. So HBO, I've got questions. Are you really just bad at dropping stuff ahead of schedule? Or are you doing this intentionally? Like, come on. I think it was a total mistake. I don't think there was any kind of, um, I mean, what, what did they gain from it? You know what I mean? Like you, Buzz. you put, 
I mean, but there was already on. a lot of buzz around the Snyder Cut. Like, I don't think that Not that's going to. Well, okay, that's fair. But the people who like that, who like comic book stuff, they're going to watch this movie, whether they so, hate watch it or watch it out of enjoyment. Yeah. So, did you find this out because you were watching the new Tom and Jerry? movie no, or no i i just saw that on, on social media no i wasn't watching that movie i have no desire to watch tom and jerry um, <laughs> i mean had i known i would have checked out the first couple hours of snyder cut because it would have given me like a leg up on everybody else because like so then you, know, you would have in total once you actually do see the whole thing you would have watched yeah. at least six hours and no two no i would have just gone to wherever i it ended <laughs> where wherever the tom and jerry cut ended that's where i would have picked up the snyder cut uh, it's hilarious. Yeah, because I don't think I'm going to watch this movie more than I might watch it twice, but not. I'm I'm very interested to see how you do this because from what you've told me, you can't really sit for a long period of time and watch something like as long well, as a, you know movie of that you know. Time I can limit. watch it in segments though. <laughs> I can well I can make it I can make it four one hour episodes if I want to. Oh my but, god. No, I think I'll probably try to watch it in one sitting or at least in one. I'll definitely watch it in one day. Next Thursday, I will have watched the Snyder Cut. Now, whether I take seven breaks in, in the middle, who knows? Uh, but So Zack Snyder was uh, featured in a New York Times article that, that came out today. And I thought this was interesting. He's talking about, um, you know, how his universe compares to Marvel. And he, he talked about Marvel's success. And I wanted to read this quote. He was he was asked, um, was there an intentional was it intentional to have your universe contrast what Marvel is doing in movies? And he says, I knew I knew it before BVS, meaning Batman versus Superman, when we made Man of Steel, Marvel is doing something else. They're doing at the highest level this popular action comedy with a heart, and they have that nailed. An effort to duplicate that is insanity because they're so good at it. What DC had was mythology at, the, at an epic level and we were going to take them on this amazing journey frankly i was the only one saying that so hmm. i want to give you all your i want to give everyone my take on that so i i i i, I admire the fact that he wanted to do something different than marvel but it doesn't have to be that different i mean like the characters are different already so like i don't understand like why and, uh, you know, I, I don't know if you noticed this, but this is a lot of people who like these Snyderverse movies, who, like a lot of them don't think it's highly Marvel because they like to say, oh, well, the Marvel movies, they're all the same. They're cookie cutter or whatever. And that's not true. I mean, they're all they're all the same in the fact that they're all pretty good, but they're not the same kind of movie. They all I mean, they have different directors, they have different people running the show. I mean, overall, Kevin Feige's in charge, but. I mean, Thor Ragnarok is nothing like the first Thor movies or like Captain America Winter Soldier. I mean, these are different yeah, for styles sure. of movies, mm -hmm. but they all kind of work because Marvel, you know, they care about continuity and the devils and the details and they nail that stuff. And yeah. so I don't like this notion where it's like, well, you know, Marvel does the, you know, the funny action comedy with heart like that's almost kind of a put down because they're like saying, oh, it's like a, they do like this family thing. It's like, no, they just do, they just make good movies. Like, yeah, sorry, but like the other, 
movies were they like the batman you know batman versus superman and man of steel they're just not that good like that's flat out i mean like the batman versus superman extended edition is better than the one that was in the theaters Mm. but it's you know you still have the dumb martha stuff you still have jeffrey (laughs) i was waiting for that or what's his name uh the whoever played uh zuckerberg is is lex Luthor. oh yeah um jesse jesse eisenberg jesse eisenberg yeah yeah you know i hated that casting he's just all over the place with that character you know like there's a lot of stuff that like anyway i just (laughs) i mean because he kind of compliments marvel but then it's also kind of backhanded because it's like well they do this like formulaic thing and it's like yeah yeah their formula is make good movies like it's what it's like what people say about nickelback (laughs) <laughs> oh that's a little different because I mean, uh, no no it is different i mean i it's a formula Nickelback, that they stick with and they make money that's what yeah, it is yeah but it's but marvel movies are definitely on a, a higher plane than a, than a nickelback song fine yeah because <laughs> a lot of their songs are very similar whereas the marvel movies are not very similar except for they're they're all good you know well yeah so. that's yeah okay so fine. The last thing I wanted to say about the Snyder Cut is will this be the end for the Snyder Cut? The reason why I say that is because in this this New York Times interview, Zack Snyder confirms, which this has been a rumor for a while, that the movie is going to end with a cliffhanger. It doesn't have a definitive ending. And the reason for that is because originally Justice League is supposed to be a three-part movie. The three-act movie or whatever you want to call it, three parts, three, three, you know, uh, you know, a Just Sleep film with two sequels. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And there are no plans currently for DC to reignite the Snyderverse. Although maybe they will. I mean, if, if a lot of people watch this movie, which I think it'll probably do pretty well online on HBO Max, maybe they will. But uh, I just think it's interesting that like for a lot of people there, they've been saying, well, Either way, you know, we're about to be done with the Snyder Cut. And I say not so fast. I think we're going to have more Snyder Cut uh, or more Snyderverse movies coming. Who knows mm. when, but yeah. So you have that to look forward to, Brittany. I'm, I'm good. You're good? I'm all right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. you know my, what? My, my life will probably be the same if I watch it or don't watch it. And I'd rather not lose four yeah. hours and two minutes of something just saying i i just want to say i am looking forward to it and i have been for a while and i actually think it's going to be i think it's actually gonna be a good movie or i think it's gonna be okay i'll say this i think it's gonna be snyder's best dc movie i'll say that well for your sake i hope it's everything that you hope for i hope you enjoy it whether that be in one sitting or in seven i don't care um but hopefully it's it's something that you can walk away with and be like, yep, you know, that I'm, I'm good. I'm, I've watched it once. I'm all right. I'm good. And yeah, you know, whatever. <laughs> well, we're going to talk about it next week because either way, like it or like it or, or, or hate it, we're going to discuss it next week. Not me. Well, Not I'll me. be discussing. I'll maybe I'll talk about myself. But <laughs> You've got Frank and, and George who said that they tune they'd in. Watch it. So, okay. Yeah. That I don't know about Nathan. Nathan, I think was kind of on the fence about it. Yeah. I don't think, I mean, I, well, I know he doesn't like DC. He's not a, super, <laughs> not a Superman guy at all. So that's right. He's a yeah. he's an X Men whore. <laughs> yes, yes. Self proclaimed, by the way. Self proclaimed X Men yeah. whore. 
we didn't give him that that tag. Um, <laughs> well, Brittany, before we wrap up, how can people find us on social media? Very simple. All you have to do is just search The Watchers in the Basement on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and check us out on YouTube. Mainly do a lot of video podcasts, but if that's not your thing, we are also available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts, all thanks to Anchor.fm, where they make it super easy for us to record a podcast and upload it. That way we can get it out to everyone. Last thing before we go is just make sure you subscribe, you know, rate us, give us a five-star review. That'd be really helpful to us because we are not a large podcast, but we are a proud one. And be sure to share this podcast with your friends and family, because it's easy to do. It's very simple. Just say, Hey, go check them out. They they've got good stuff. They're funny. Um, you know, we're just happy to do what we do. It's fun for us. And we hope you all enjoy it. Thanks, Brittany. So, so for you, I'm, I'm Justin. We're signing off now. We will see you next week as we talk about the premiere of the Falcon Winter Soldier and the Snyder Cut. Oh, God. Yeah. So anyway, see you next week. <laughs>